there are so many people, me included, that love to travel. I know I have a list of about 100 places I'd love to see in my lifetime, but there are so many factors that can hold us back from actually getting on a plane and going somewhere. You know, things like you know, time, money, and jobs. Those pesky jobs keeping us from being a jet setter. It's as though we have to pick one or the other, a job or travel. But what if you could do both? What if you could travel and see the world and make a positive social impact while also working and doing what you love? Welcome to Business with Purpose. I'm your host, Molly Stillman of stillbeingmolly.com. And this show is all about bringing you the stories behind the brands, companies, and small businesses that are changing the world. Each week, I interview an entrepreneur, a CEO, a nonprofit director, community leader, or just an amazing person who is trying to make a positive impact not only through their personal life, but also their professional career. My goal is to show you that no matter what you do for a living, you can make an impact right where you are. My guest this week is Ann Davis, the founder and CEO of Venture with Impact, a co-working program that engages professionals on a four-week skills-based volunteering program abroad while also working remotely for their jobs, allowing them to develop professionally, rediscover purpose, and in the process, provide a positive social impact. So without further ado, on to my conversation with Anne. Hey, Anne, welcome to the show. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for having me, Molly. I am so looking forward to getting to know you and getting to know all about how you got started with Venture with Impact, because when I first Honestly, when I first got the email um, about having you on the show and I read what Venture with Impact does, I was, I'm not going to lie, I kind of wanted to apply myself because this sounds (laughs) amazing. So I really just want to dive right in because I know our listeners are going to absolutely love uh, what you do and hear everything about it. So with all that being said, Anne, I want you to give us the Anne 101. So tell us your story and everything that kind of led you to where you are today and how you got started with Venture with Impact. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah, it's definitely, uh, I have somewhat of a personal story to share. A little bit about my background. Um, I guess I I caught what I would call the travel bug um, when I was in in college and I went to school in New Orleans. Um, But I had the opportunity to study abroad um, and also um, travel to, uh, I think, my first um, inter- real international trip besides studying abroad was I, I lived in Venezuela for a summer working with a, a local nonprofit organization there. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And that's when I realized um, just how impactful staying in one location in a, in, um, a city abroad is it really gives you the opportunity to learn um, about the local culture, form relationships with local people. And those are relationships that I continue to have. Um, and I think that experience and other experiences I've had living abroad and traveling abroad have really formed me to be the person that I am today, both professionally and personally. Mm-hmm. So when in Venezuela, I worked um, with a, an indigenous population, the Pimone people, Um, and then I've also worked in Honduras and, uh, as well as, um, living for a period of time in Chile. Uh, and at this point, I think I've, I've had the opportunity to travel to, uh, about 50 countries in five continents around the world. Wow. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And again, my most enriching experiences within those travels has been the locations I've stayed for a longer period of time um, and have gotten to connect with local people and, and also just spend time getting to know the city and the surrounding area. Um, so let's see, after college, I decided I knew I wanted to do um, something related to social impact, but um, also knew that I need to, needed to pay my bills. So yeah. <laughs> uh, I decided to join Teach for America uh, and con- uh, taught uh, elementary school in New Orleans, uh, where, I go- where I had gone to school. Um, and being a teacher really allowed me to, uh, you know, to fulfill my desire and need for traveling and, and, um, and getting outside the United States and learning about other, other, uh, people and cultures. So that's kind of when, like I mentioned, I traveled a fair amount in college, but, uh, when I was a teacher, I had my summers off, I had winter break and, and spring break, and I was off to a different location every time I had the opportunity. So, but then there was something that happened uh, near the end of my first year of teaching um, that really changed my perspective and uh, kind of made me refocus on my my goals. So, just to give you the story, I was I was on a run uh, with some friends in New Orleans one day. It was a, I remember it was a oddly hot day for February, I think it was like 70 or eight in the eighties. Um, and, uh, all of a sudden I felt this tingling in my left foot and my, my left toes. And it's this tingling started to, it shot up the left side of my, my body. And remembering at the time, it seemed like a slow motion event. The next thing I knew I was on the ground and I was yelling out to my, to my friend that was running ahead of me. Um, and I ended up having a ground mal seizure. Oh my goodness. I remember kind of being in and out in the seizure and the, amb- there was an ambulance that was called. And by the time that the ambulance arrived, I was, I was you know, fully conscious and I just thought to myself, Oh wow, it must, I mean, I must've, my body must've been overheated. I must be dehydrated. That's has to be the reason this happened to me. So I was rushed to the hospital and um, after a CAT scan, the emergency room doctor um, entered the room with tears in her eyes. And I was, you know, I was in complete shock. What was, you know, I, what was going on? I didn't know. Um, and I found out that I had a golf ball sized lump in my brain. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. And at that time... I, you know, had no idea what was, again, no idea what was going on. So, um, after a few days I was, I ended up returning to my home in the Midwest. I'm from Milwaukee, Wisconsin originally. Um, and after a, after a surgery, um, I found out that I had been diagnosed with anaplastic astrocytoma, which is a form of, uh, brain cancer. Um, it was a complete shock to me. Um, so it was kind of a whirlwind. I underwent, um, again, I underwent surgery and treatment, chemo radiation. And after, um, kind of reevaluated my priorities, I was only 23 at the time. So with 
kind of these events that had taken place, I thought about my interests and what, what I really wanted to do. And I knew I was really interested in international development from my experiences abroad. And, but I ended up deciding to go back to the classroom for a bit of time and move to New York and continue to teach there. And during that time, I continued to travel a lot. That's kind of when I started knocking off <laughs> like some of the 50 countries yeah. on my list. And a lot of my friends and colleagues were a bit envious of all my travels. But a lot of them, it's very difficult for people in the United States to be able to travel because obviously, you know, you get three or four weeks vacation a year and, you know, it's, it's, you can't take much time off. Right. Uh, so like I mentioned, a lot of them were a bit envious. So, and I had started to hear about some other remote work travel programs that were beginning to become popular. I had heard about these programs. So I thought, you know, how could, but none of them had a social impact component. Yeah. So that's kind of where the idea of venture with impact arose. Um, knowing that, you know, the social impact component is really what allows you to c- get connected with um, and learn about a local culture in such a short period of time. So I quit my teaching job in August of 2016. And by October, incorporated Venture with Impact and then launched our first programs in Trujillo, Peru uh, in January of 2017. I had, after I had quit my job, um, actually it was more like July, I had moved to Peru for the summer just to start to figure things out for me personally and in terms of what I wanted my next steps to be. And when I was working with a few different nonprofits there, I thought, well, Trujillo might be the perfect place to start a program. Um, so I just went for it and we had 14 professionals that joined us in January and February of 2017. And then we just, I decided to expand to Medellin, Colombia that summer and brought on my partner, Jess, who now works with me. And she also focuses a fair amount on marketing. She's our marketing and communications director. Yeah. And mm -hmm, so we were running programs in both Trujillo, Peru, and then launched a new program in Medellin, Colombia. And that kind of brings us to today. You know, we've had about 10 programs under our belt in both Trujillo and Medellin, Colombia. We've had about 52 professionals participate with us so far from all different backgrounds. Um, you know, professionals that can work remotely, such as um, people with backgrounds in tech, marketing, finance, um, lawyers, but also some professionals that have taken time off of work or between jobs. We've had physical therapists, educators. Um, so we, you know, the, the diversity we have is quite incredible. Our youngest participant has been 24, our oldest in her early 70s. Um, and we've had majority people from the United States, but also professionals from other parts of the world, including Europe, um, the Middle East, Latin America. So things have happened pretty quickly just in this, you know, in a, a little over a year since we've started. Yeah, I would say so for sure. That's incredible. So I know you, you've kind of alluded to it a little bit, but I want to really just for the listeners that, you know, aren't familiar with Venture with Impact really kind of explain exactly how it works. So it's obviously it is a opportunity for somebody to travel and live internationally while also working and having a social, you know, having an impact on the local culture. Um, but can you kind of just really explain how exactly it works and how you're able to tie it into the culture? And, and I'm kind of even just curious for myself, 
you know, how did you develop these relationships with these communities and, and how do you create the opportunity for somebody to come in and live and, and work and earn money and things like that? Yeah, absolutely. So first, let me answer your question regarding the way the program works. Um, so what we do is we bring groups of professionals anywhere between the number of five to 15 uh, per month to cities abroad. Um, and we now have locations in Medellin, Colombia, uh, Chiang Mai, Thailand, and Lisbon, Portugal. And we set them up with everything that they need to be able to work remotely for their jobs back home. So that includes accommodation in modern apartments, reliable internet, backup internet, um, walking distance, the accommodations walking distance from co-working spaces. So the majority of our participants work remotely. Like I mentioned before, we also have some people that are taking time off of work or between jobs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have our social impact component. So all of our participants, all of our ventures, they're matched to work on a personalized skills-based project with a partner organization. And their work schedule comes first. So that's the first thing we take into account when matching them with a partner. Um, it also The match also it depends on the needs of the partner organization from month to month. Um, and then they're matched based on their professional skills and interests as well. So just to give you some examples, we've had, um, let's see, currently we are working with an organization here in Medellin that prints prosthetics uh, using 3D printers, makes prosthetic limbs. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And right now we have a physical therapist who's helping them develop a program for um, for training their clients and how to use the prosthetics. And we also have a professional who's worked in part, uh, recruitment and, and partnerships. Um, and he is working a few hours each week to create a strategic plan for partnerships and development uh, for this nonprofit. So we really focus on training and consulting um, in all of our in all of our projects. And the professionals, the ventures, they work uh, with their partner from anywhere from three to 15 hours each week, um, depending on their own personal work schedule for their job back home. That's so interesting. And I just think that that's such a unique idea. How were you able to establish, um, like kind of like I said earlier, how were you able to establish these communities? And what, you know, how have you sort of had the vision for where to go next? You know, what what has made you decide on the particular locations that you've chosen? Well, just first in terms of developing um, partnerships with local organizations. First, I'll say that um, all of the the work that the ventures do, all the, the, the volunteering that they do is pro bono to the partner organizations. And it's definitely a two-way street in, in terms of who is benefiting mm-hmm. because, of course, the partner organizations uh, benefiting from the skills that these individuals, these professionals bring to them. Um, it's a resource that they wouldn't otherwise be able to obtain. Um, but also the you know, the ventures, the professionals that join us on our trips benefit hugely as well because they're getting the opportunity to um, learn about the organization, learn about the, um, you know, learn about the local culture from 
a local person from the staff and also the beneficiaries of the organization. Um, and it's been, you know, one of the biggest highlights of the program. We have other, many other cultural events and activities throughout the, tri- throughout the trips, but, um, you know, this is, I would say, is the most, is the, allows each participant to dive the deepest um, into getting to know, um, you know, getting to understand, having a good understanding of the, that country. In terms of developing relationships, it's really difficult. So initially, in terms of, I, I, like I mentioned before, I started in Peru and I had already had relationships there. Yeah. Yeah. In other locations, we've had contacts. So it's difficult to, in many of these cultures, to connect with people via email. Um, so it's really important that we're on the ground connecting with people in person. And what tends to happen is after you connect with a few people, they recommend you to other organizations and other people. And then you're after the, having the opportunity to meet with them in person, um, meet with their staff, meet with their beneficiaries, also visit their, their, um, project sites. Then we get a good idea of what they're doing, what their needs are, and if they're organized and organized enough to be able to work with us to be able to take on a consultant or somebody to work with them on training. I know you're loving this conversation with Anne, and I wanted to take a moment to thank our sponsor of the show who was able to help make this show possible. And that's Causebox. As you know, Causebox is one of my favorite ethical subscription boxes, and I have been a subscriber for over two years. How it works is each season, a new box is released filled with everything from accessories and home goods and jewelry to the best in skincare and wellness products that are not only amazing, but they're also doing the most good. And each box delivers incredible value with a guarantee of over $150 worth of product for only $54.95 or $39.95 if you use my coupon code MOLLY. The products are not just beautiful, they're also useful. The spring box just came out, and I'm not lying to you guys. It is my favorite box yet. The Juice Beauty Organic Mascara that was included in the spring box has become a new beauty staple for me. I've been wearing it every day, and I love the way it goes on so smoothly. and makes my eyelashes look pretty awesome, just saying. But best of all, the impact of each cause box makes the whole membership even more worth it. Their spring box employed more than 600 artisans under fair trade conditions in India and Kenya, and it put 100 young girls in India through school. That's incredible. There are a limited number of spring boxes left, so you better hop on it ASAP. Go to stillbeingmolly.com slash causebox and use the coupon code MOLLY for $15 off. Now back to my conversation with Anne. Now, as you know, sort of spearheading all of this and, and running this amazing business, you know, how do you kind of see yourself being involved in the different communities? Do you go and travel to these communities yourself, you know, periodically throughout the year? Are you sort of participating with the participants, you know, if that makes sense? Um, you know, or do you or are you kind of focusing on working here in the US? You know, what is what is your role now? Yeah. Um, so my role is I'm still, um, oftentimes with the groups. Um, so I'm currently here in Medellin, Colombia with our, our March program. And then also my, uh, partner, business partner, Jess, she is currently in Thailand because we'll have our first program there in April. Uh, and then we also have begun to have um, separate directors of experience that will be running the programs. Um, so we're just a year old and we're continuing to grow. But as we grow, um, my role will be 
a bit more of a founder's role. So I'm continuing to form relationships and partnerships um, on, you know, a somewhat of a, a higher level. Uh, and then we'll have on the ground directors of experience in each location, running the programs and maintaining our, our already strong relationships with local organizations um, in each of our locations. In terms of how we chose our locations, Medellin kind of came from, we knew that um, it was a location, a, a good location for remote working. The internet infrastructure is strong. The country, especially the city of Medellin, has done a complete 180 in the past 10, 10 to 20 years yeah. Um, yeah. in terms of safety. It's, you know, it's a very safe city. It's, you know, ranked to be safer than um, St. Louis, Baltimore, uh, I think also, you know, New Orleans, there's at least, there's many cities, um, statistically that it's ranked to be more safe than, um, so that's absolutely not a concern at all. And the, the climate is incredible. Um, it's seventies, sixties, seventies and sunny year round. Um, Sounds so awesome to me. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was a, a, and there's lots of people we find that want to in the United States and other countries that want to improve their Spanish skills. Um, so it, it's a natural fit to have a location, at least one location on Latin America. In terms of Thailand and Lisbon, we ended up doing a survey for our email list. Um, we had a long list of uh, cities that qualified as cities for where you could depend, um, where you could rely on, quality internet for remote work. Yeah. And the top two locations that came out from the survey were Lisbon and Chiang Mai. So that's how we decided on those locations. So I want to go back a little bit. You know, you mentioned that when you were in college, you studied abroad and that was kind of that initial taste into getting the travel bug. What were you studying in college? Was this something that you kind of always had in the back of your mind that you wanted to study abroad and, you know, travel or, you know, what were you studying that, you know, spurred you to study abroad and, and that kind of, you know, was the the seed, if you will, to um, giving you the travel bug? Yeah. So in college, I start I studied international political economics uh, and I, I didn't really believe that my major was that important. Um, I definitely, you know, learned, had, had opportunities that came from, from studying international political economics, but I was much, I'm much more of an exper experiential learner. Yeah. Um, which yeah. I think is why I, th I think a lot of entrepreneurs are, I'd rather just go and, and do it and learn from doing. And that's part of part, partly why, um, I think there's a couple of reasons why I, you know, I was able to take the risk to, to start this business is, uh, partly because of my, my, my experience with, uh, cancer, but also because I, my mindset this entire time has been, well, I'm learning so much, um, by, by starting this business and by having the opportunity to travel the world and doing so. And also, it feels really good to be able to bring these resources to local, to, you know, nonprofits abroad. Um, but in terms of my study abroad experience, I was really interested in Latin America. Um, so I ended up studying abroad in Spain, in Madrid, Spain, because I, I wanted to get a better understanding of, you know, the history behind Latin America 
so that I could have a better understanding of the way, you know, uh, the political and, and of course, understanding history is it's very important to understanding the political economic situation yeah. of countries yeah. in modern times. Um, so I studied abroad in Spain and was also able to improve my Spanish. Um, and that became really helpful when working, um, you know, in various countries in Latin America. Now, I kind of even want to go back a little bit further because I'm really curious as to where you sort of got that initial idea for creating that social impact piece. Because, you know, it's it's one thing, I think, to love to travel and to love to see the world. And I mean, because I think a lot of people do. But there are so few people who really get and understand the complexities of different cultures and going into different cultures. And, you know, there's, you know, obviously all this different talk about mission work and what kind of mission work is um, effective and and how, you know, how do you um, really make a positive impact in a culture that is different from your own um, without harming the local culture and things like that. And so I'm curious. So kind of this is a two part question. I'm curious. One, did you always sort of have this, um, you know, like very were you very empathetic as a kid? And were you always the one that was like worried about everybody else? You know, like did that kind of stem from childhood? And then second, you know, what really motivated you to include that social impact piece? I'm just sort of curious if there's a connection from growing up and into college to, you know, obviously you love to travel, but then what really encouraged you to to create that social impact piece? Hmm, yeah, well, I wouldn't say so I was a youngest child, <laughs> <laughs> probably had the characteristics of the of the the baby of the family and also the only girl. So I wouldn't say I was I was any more empathetic than <laughs> the average <laughs> yeah. child, maybe less so because because I was spoiled. Um, <laughs> but my both of my parents had all I think and my family instilled values of public service in me and my brothers. My father was a worked in politics on a local level. And my my mother was a element uh, was a school teacher and principal and school board member. Um, so they had always, you know, I grew up spending hours um, handing like stuffing mailboxes with campaign literature on the weekends and, and, um, you know, also doing just various volunteer work with both of my parents. Um, and, and then, and I also grew up in a very suburban area of Wisconsin. So when I was, when I first went to school in New Orleans, um, it was somewhat of a shock for me mm-hmm. because of, I quickly learned about I mean, Milwaukee, which is the most residentially segregated city in the country, um, was just a half an hour from where I grew up. Mm-hmm. However, um, in, in living in New Orleans, um, the residential segregation is much more obvious. And I was living right in the city. So just seeing that and then also um, this, ad- I went to school at, in New Orleans at Tulane University just a, a, a couple years after Hurricane Katrina had hit the city. Um and because of that, there, there was lots of opportunity. Um, there was many nonprofit organizations and lots of money, um, aid money pouring into the city. Um, but not 
um, a ton of as many people there to do the, the you know, implement, implementation nonprofit work. So I had a, a lot of opportunities, as did I think a lot of students in my, my year, for um, leadership opportunities. So working with, I remember my, my freshman year of college, I, I really had like very little knowledge of computers, but I ran an after school computer program at a high school and I was like 18 years old. I was basically the same age as the, as the kids. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that was, that was quite an experience and quite an opportunity that I think, and I had other experiences like that. I mean, I had friends that were at 1920 were working in the local public defender's office, um, you know, visiting families of people that have been convicted for African Americans that have been convicted for, you know, marijuana charges, things like that, you know, so lots of opportunities, just, just being in at Tulane University at that time, that exposed me to kind of these injustices and disparities, um, you know, just within the United States, within the city of New Orleans. And then from there, I really had um, a desire to, to go abroad and the places where I was able to travel, I had similar experiences where I was, you know, um, I worked with a local nonprofit, um, to get a better understanding of what this, the social situation, uh, political situations were in the countries where I traveled. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's so, again, I think that's so wise on your part in a lot of ways to, um, recognize that and then to really want to incorporate that into this business that you dreamed up. Um, so as we kind of get to the end here and start to wrap up, um, I am curious, you know, for people that are listening and they, you know, maybe they have a job that they could they can work remotely um, or maybe this is something that just really has been a bucket list item for them. Um, how exactly does somebody participate and how do they go about applying to be, um, you know, a part of Venture with Impact and and to potentially, you know, go and live abroad for a little bit and work remotely and, and work in a community how do they go about doing that sure yeah so definitely go ahead and check out our website www.venturewithimpact.org um, and the website gives more information on how the program works we also are, are on social media so instagram venture with impact facebook venture with impact twitter venture underscore impact um and we have an online application, and on, and on our website, you can also set up a time to uh, to chat with us and learn more as well. That's fantastic. Um, so, Anne, this is the part of the show where we're going to transition just a little bit um, before we let you go. We're going to get to know you a little bit better and ask you some fun questions. So, cool. uh, this is also the part of my sh- the show where my amazing husband, who edits my shows, inserts a fun sound effect to transition us to the get to know you part of the show. So, okay. Anne, are you ready? I'm ready. Well, I speak the most Italian, so... I'll be your escort. Donovan speaks second most, so he'll be your Italian cameraman. Omar third most, so he'll be Donnie's assistant. I don't speak Italian. Like I said, third best. Just keep your mouth shut. In fact, why don't you start practicing right now? What is the movie you can watch over and over again and never get bored of? Mm, I would say The Parent Trap. The Both pa- the original ver- version and the Lindsay Lohan version. I love it. That's awesome. <laughs> That is awesome. I can't say that I have seen that movie in the last like 20 years, but 
it is a class. It's a good classic. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you were sent into space with three items, which of those three items would you choose? Oh gosh. Okay. Um, I would bring. Oh, can I bring people? Um, this is assuming all the people that you want there are there. This like just stuff. Okay. Okay. Just stuff. Like things. I, well, honestly, I would say I don't have any, especially, you know, not having a home and traveling uh, all the, all around. There's not any material item that I feel that's that important to me. So I, I, yeah, I, I wouldn't be able to choose because I, <laughs> I just don't, don't, don't need any material items. I totally get it. That's awesome. I think that's actually a great answer. You're just like, you know what? I just need my people. <laughs> Yeah. Um, what is the best business advice you've been given since launching Venture with Impact? Hmm. I think being persistent mm-hmm. is the number one thing. Yes. Number yes. one piece of advice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because and there's this great. I definitely recommend. There's this great um, podcast out there called How I Built This. Yeah. Uh, uh, the the host is the same host for TED Radio Radio Hour, um, which is another good podcast, but. That's definitely something listening to interviews with founders of um, of Airbnb and Instagram and um, 1-800-GOT-JUNK, all of these founders, I think that was the number one quality that similar quality that they have is just being persistent. Absolutely. Amen to that. Um, okay. So these last couple of questions, these are just either or questions. So you just tell me which one of these you prefer. So coffee or tea? Coffee. Cake or pie? Cake. Books or movies? Books. Early bird or night owl? Early bird. Tacos or burritos? Hmm. Tacos. (laughs) Introvert or extrovert? Hmm. In the middle. Ah, I like it. Uh, Call or text? Call. PC or Mac? Mac. And last one, crushed ice or cubed ice? <laughs> ah, crushed ice. Yes, crushed ice all the way. That's. <laughs> I don't know who these people are who like cr- cubed ice. Although somebody, I did ask this question recently and somebody said cubed so that they can crush it in their mouth. <laughs> I was That's just like, true. all right, I see. I see what you're doing there. Um, awesome. And this has been so much fun. Thank you so much for taking time to be with me on the show and for sharing all about Venture with Impact. And honestly, if <laughs> it's one of those things that I'm like, this is the, this is the coolest idea. And honestly, I, I think it can also have um, obviously really changed some communities and changed some people's lives. So thank you so much for everything that you're doing. And um, thank you for taking time to be on the show. Yeah, thank you, Molly. This was fun. My conversation with Anne was so fun and it really got me the urge to travel soon. I love to travel and Venture with Impact is such an incredible way to see the world while also working and impacting local communities. Be sure to give Anne and Venture with Impact some love on social media this week. I'll have all of her links and information in the show notes. Another huge thank you to this week's podcast sponsor, Causebox. Visit stillbeingmolly.com slash Causebox and use the coupon code Molly for $15 off. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. If you're a first-time listener of the show, welcome. I'm so glad to have you. Be sure to visit the archives for past shows featuring amazing entrepreneurs and business owners who are literally changing the world with what they do for a living. And if you're a regular listener of the show, thank you for your support week in and week out. It means so much to me. Be sure to head on over to iTunes, Google Play, Radio Public, Stitcher, Overcast, or whichever podcasting app you like best, and make sure you're subscribed to the show. 
That subscribe button helps to make sure that you never miss a new episode of the show. And if you're there and you have an extra minute, would you mind taking a moment and leaving a review of the show? Leaving a review helps me to know exactly what you're liking and how the show is personally impacting you. And I love that so many of you are sharing the show on social media and tagging me in your Instagram stories. It makes me so happy. So if you share the show on social media, which I love, be sure to use the hashtag business with purpose podcast and tag me at still being Molly on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. This show is edited by my amazing husband and executive producer, John Stillman. And the music is by Mark Killian of third wheel media. Thank you so much for listening and go do something good with purpose on purpose. <laughs>